This morning, God's Word comes to us from Genesis chapter 9. Genesis 9, we are going to read just the verses 8 through 17 of this chapter. Genesis 9, this is following the flood, and we pick up our reading at verse 8. What we hear now is God's Word. Then God said to Noah and to his sons with him, Behold, I establish my covenant with you and your offspring after you, and with every living creature that is with you, the birds, the livestock, and every beast of the earth with you, as many as came out of the ark. It is for every beast of the earth. I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood, and never again shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant that I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you for all future generations. I have set my bow in the clouds, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth, and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all flesh. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it, and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God said to Noah, This is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. Here we end the reading of God's holy word. I invite you once again to take your Trinity Psalter hymnal, this time turning to the back section to page 882 in the back section. As this morning, I will read for you uh, Lord's Day 25, the questions and answers that are found there. Lord's Day 25, beginning with question 65. It is by faith alone that we share in Christ and all his benefits. Where then does faith come from? The answer, the Holy Spirit works it in our hearts by the preaching of the Holy Gospel and confirms it by the use of the Holy Sacraments. Question 66, what are sacraments? Sacraments are visible, holy signs and seals. They were instituted by God as that, so that by their use of them, he might, make us more, he might make us understand more clearly the promise of the gospel and seal that promise. And this is God's gospel promise. He grants us forgiveness of sins and eternal life by grace because of Christ's one sacrifice accomplished on the cross. Question 67. Are both the word and the sacraments then intended to focus our faith on the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross as the only ground of our salvation? Yes, indeed. The Holy Spirit teaches us in the gospel 
and confirms by the holy sacraments that our entire salvation rests on Christ's one sacrifice for us on the cross. Question 68, how many sacraments did Christ institute in the New Testament to holy baptism and the holy supper? Well, we are entering that part of the Heidelberg Catechism that deals with the sacraments of the Christian church. It's a wonderful thing to study the sacraments. It's a wonderful thing to look at the confession to see what the truth we believe there. The confessions are helpful for us. They're useful for us. You know that we are a Bible-believing congregation. The Word of God is the final standard of all truth. And yet we believe that that word is faithfully reflected in the confessions of the church. And as wonderful as the confessions are, and as much as I appreciate them, they are a product of their time. We are going to be looking uh, at this section of the Catechism, and there are six Lord's Days given to the explanation of the sacraments. There are only two Lord's Days dealing directly with justification, only two Lord's Days dealing directly with sanctification, but six on the sacraments. I suspect if we were writing the confession today, we would probably have a couple different Lord's Days on gender issues. We would have Lord's Days, particularly in light of this last year, on the relationship between the church and the state. We'd have Lord's Days dealing with how we are to worship God. That would be a product of our time. Well, the confession is a product of its time. Six Lord's Days on the sacraments, but it's good for us. It's good for us to remember the significance the importance of what takes place in the sacraments. We think of the sacrament of the Lord's Supper, how, how that sacrament, our understanding of that sacrament, would, would distinguish us from the Lutherans, how it would separate us from a Roman Catholic church as a Reformed church. We just celebrated the Lord's Supper uh, a week ago Friday. We will again uh, in about a month. We had a baptism this morning. We will again, Lord willing, about two weeks from now. So uh, God has given us the sacraments this time of year. And so it's good for us to reflect again upon the truth, the importance, the significance, and the blessing that they are to us. Children, I've called this morning's sermon God's Visual Aids. You know what a visual aid is, kids? That's when your teacher takes something to class to show you. For example, if I was going to teach a lesson maybe about time, I would take a big clock, and you'd, think, you'd listen to me talk about time, and this clock would be a visual aid as a reminder. And, and that's what the sacraments are for us. They are God's visual aids as he teaches us lessons about salvation. This morning we read from Genesis chapter 9, where God gives the sign of the rainbow and says that this rainbow is going to be a sign of the covenant. Verse 17, God said to Noah, this is the sign of the covenant that I have established between me and all flesh that is on the earth. This morning we're going to talk about that sign the sign of the rainbow, but also about, about the signs in the other sacraments. 
the sign in baptism and the sign in the Lord's Supper. God's visual aids and what he wants to teach us. Well, the first thing we notice uh, is that God's visual aids are fitting signs. Uh, Teachers, you know this. Uh, Preachers, you know this. Sometimes we find a really, really good example. And we say, I just got to find a sermon to go with that. This is such a good example. Where's a text I can use this with? And sometimes, I have to admit, we sort of shoehorn the example into the text. Uh, God does not do that. The signs that he gives are perfectly fitting for what he wants to teach. God, in Genesis 9, gives the rainbow in the clouds. Verse 13, I have set my bow in the cloud. It shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant. Those clouds which had opened up, those clouds which had brought the rain, those clouds which had destroyed the earth, are now the place of God's covenant sign. It's a fitting reminder that that when the rain would begin again, when the clouds would open again and they would see that sign, they would know God has promised, I will never again destroy the earth. It was a fitting sign for what God wanted to teach, a sign in the clouds. There are some who suggest that the picture of the bow is actually a picture of a bow like a bow and arrow. But that arrow not now trained on the earth, that bow at rest. A bow at rest. I will never again destroy the earth. It is a fitting sign. This morning, we saw the sign of baptism, a fitting sign. Children, I don't know if you could see, but but there's water in this bowl up here, and I pick up that water, and you can see a couple drips. I like to get a good amount of water, lots of water in the sacrament. You can see those drips falling down. It's a visual thing. It reminds us that water is a picture of washing, a fitting sign. And in baptism, the washing is not not just uh, the washing of our hands or the washing of the child's head. The picture is the washing away of our sins by the blood of Jesus Christ. It's a fitting sign, a picture of washing that Christ washes our sins away. And that water is not only a picture of washing, it's also a picture of new life. We don't think about this very often in baptism, but it's it's a picture of washing and also new birth. One of my seminary professors, uh, Dr. Berksma, uh, in explaining to us the text from John 3 and Nicodemus about being born again, being born of water and the Spirit, Dr. Berksma taught us that water is the water of birth, as in with the birth of a child. The new life for the child of God. It's it's a fitting sign. It's an appropriate sign. In the Lord's Supper, we take the bread and the wine, and they are fitting. Fitting of the body and blood of Christ. Christ as that perfect final sacrifice 
Throughout the history of the Old Testament, they had offered sacrifices of meat and sacrifices of blood, and now Christ comes to fulfill that. His body, the sacrifice, his blood is given. A fitting, appropriate sign. Even in pagan religions today, there's often the shedding of blood and and the cutting. The final blood has been shed. No need for any of that anymore. Jesus Christ came and shed his blood for our sins. And through that sacrament of the Lord's Supper, he strengthens us, he nourishes us, and so we take sustenance. We take bread, we take wine, just as surely as these things would strengthen me physically, so I am spiritually strengthened by the body and the blood of Christ. God's visual aids perfectly fit what it is he is teaching us. They are not only signs, they are not only pictures, but they are also seals. Sacraments are signs and seals. And a children, a seal is, is something of a guarantee. If you go to my office uh, down the hall, on the wall, uh, you will see my diploma from Westminster Seminary. And on that diploma is the seal of the seminary. As a guarantee, this is a real document. This really happened. Amazingly, he did graduate, okay? It's a seal. It really did happen. A seal of an accomplished fact. They didn't give me the diploma when I walked in the door. No, it was after three years, after the accomplished fact, I received the diploma with the seal. In in the rainbow, God is giving a seal. God is giving a promise. Again from verse 11, I establish my covenant with you that never again shall all flesh be cut off by the waters of the flood and never again shall there, shall there be a flood to destroy the earth. God's promise, never again. And I seal it. I guarantee it. It is an accomplished fact. I will not again bring that type of judgment. Baptism is a seal, a guarantee of an accomplished fact that Christ has given new life by faith in Jesus Christ. It's a seal of what Christ has done. His finished work of the washing away of our sins, his finished work of giving us new life, a seal a guarantee of what we embrace by faith. And the Lord's Supper, a seal, a seal of an accomplished fact. Christ indeed has been sacrificed, his flesh and blood given up for his own. And and a guarantee that he does nourish us. He does strengthen us as we come to the table, as we receive this sign by faith. Again, faith is the context in which we talk about the sacraments. That's how this section begins, uh, Lord's Day 25. It is by faith alone that we share in Christ and all his benefits. Where then does this faith come from? The Holy Spirit works in our hearts by the preaching of the gospel and confirms it by the use of holy sacraments. Faith is that context in which the sacraments are active. We embrace this truth by faith, God's promise, God's seal, God's guarantee of an accomplished fact. 
And the last thing that we notice is that this sign, this seal, is to be a reminder. But notice in Genesis 9 who the reminder is for. Verse 13, I have set my bow in the cloud, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and the earth. When I bring clouds over the earth, and the bow is seen in the clouds, I will remember my covenant that is between me and you and every living creature of all the earth. And the waters shall never again become a flood to destroy all flesh. When the bow is in the clouds, I will see it and remember the everlasting covenant between God and every creature of all flesh that is on the earth. God says, I'll see the sign and I will remember. Kids, does God forget his promises? Does God need a reminder of the things that he has said? Why, why does the text say that God will remember? Well, the reminder is certainly not a reminder for God. He does not forget. It's a reminder for us that God does not forget. A reminder for us he will not forget his promise. Maybe, maybe kids, it's like this. Imagine that you're, uh, you're eight years old and you go to your dad and you say, Dad, can I have a pony? And now dad has two choices. Uh, maybe he says, yeah, sure, honey, I'll give you a pony when you turn 16. Hoping, hoping you will forget by the time you turn 16. Dads don't do that. They never forget, okay? The other option, the dad actually says, you know what, yes, I'm going to give you a pony when you turn 16. And as a reminder, I'm going to take this picture of a pony and I'm going to put this picture right by the front door. And every time I walk out of the house and every time I walk in the house, I'm going to see that picture and remember my promise. And you, you, you kids say, oh, that sounds great. And a month goes by, dad never mentions the pony again. A year goes by, dad doesn't talk about the pony. But, but you look at the picture, and you know that he has said, I will see that sign, and I will remember. So you know God hasn't forgotten. And you look in the bottom corner of that picture, and it's dad's signature. He has sealed that. It's a promise that God will remember. God says, I will remember. You can be sure of it. You can know I will not forget my word. That's what the sacraments do for us. God says, you can be sure I will remember. God needs no reminder. God will not forget his promises. It is a reminder to us that he remembers. The clouds with the rain might come. But the rainbow was a reminder. God has not forgotten. I will never again destroy the world as with the flood. 
In baptism this morning, we saw that reminder once again, not that God would forget, but that God would remember. Remember his covenant mercies given to us and to our children that yes, all of our sins are washed away by the blood of Jesus Christ. That beautiful covenant promise, that beautiful call of the gospel to all who would embrace, to all who would believe in Jesus Christ alone, they can come in and be incorporated by the sacrament. A picture, a sign, a seal that God will remember. All of their sins have been washed away. And so God calls you this morning, if you are not in a covenant relationship with him, to embrace these beautiful truths, to embrace Jesus Christ, and to know that he will not forget you. He will not forget the promises to each and every one of his own. A reminder of the new life that we have been given. That's why it's so beautiful to see see baptisms again and again. A reminder to all of us, God has given us a new life and called us to a new life. We need to live that new life. We need to respond to our baptism with faith and obedience, living in the way God has called us. Now the water that I put on faith today, that water may go away but God's remembrance will never go away. God will remember his promise forever. A reminder that we are his children every time we see a baptism, a reminder of what he has done for us. In the Lord's Supper, we come and we we take and we eat and we take and we drink. We are strengthened. We are reminded of the perfect sacrifice of Christ, a sacrifice once for all, never to be done again, and God will not forget. He will not forget what Christ has done for us, offering up his life on the cross for each and every one of his own. He will not forget his promise to forgive all of our sins. He will not forget his promise to strengthen us every time I see, every time I take, every time I take and eat and take and drink, Christ will strengthen me. God will not forget the promises he has made. I will remember my covenant. We can be sure, we can know he remembers because he gives us these beautiful visual aids. Our God is so gracious. He gives us his word to teach us all of these truths. And then he condescends to our own weakness. We like to see something. We like to hold on to something. And God condescends to give us these beautiful visual aids. The water of baptism. A picture even our children understand. Water washes away dirt from the body. The water of baptism is that picture of the washing away of our sins. God remembers. The bread and the wine, even our kids understand. If I'm hungry, I have a piece of bread, I have a sandwich. It strengthens me. In the bread and the wine, we are spiritually strengthened by the body and blood of Christ. If we ever wonder, does God remember what he said? Does God remember his promises to us? We simply look at the picture. The picture where he says, I promise. I will remember. I have given you this visual aid for you and for your descendants after you. A promise for the generations that I will forever be faithful. Oh, we are so thankful. God has given us these beautiful signs and seals, his appointed visual aids.
Let's join together in prayer. Lord God, we thank you and we praise you. First of all, for the beauty of your word, a word which is clear, a word which is sufficient, a word which teaches us the beauty of the gospel promise. But beyond that, O God, you have given us things to see and to touch and to taste, to confirm us in our faith, to remind us you do not forget. Oh, Lord God, may you use the sacrament this morning as a reminder to us of the washing away of our sins through the blood of Jesus Christ. When we come to the Lord's table next time, may we be reminded of his perfect sacrifice and of the fact that he does continue to strengthen us. Will you, O oh God, use these appointed signs and seals, these divinely given visual aids to strengthen us, to encourage us, to remind us that you are the God who does remember. You are the God who is faithful to his promises. Hear us, we pray, for Jesus' sake. Amen. We turn to 80...